Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies and New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen, uh, and I'm joined in the studio today. We're uh, going to do a, a quick review. If you're listening live, we're interrupting a previously recorded episode of Deep Focus with breaking, the, the break, break, breaking, <laughs> breaking news. news. Breaking news. Tom and Ellen talk about Mission Impossible is the breaking news, of course. If, <laughs> you know, there's, as probably everyone in the country knows, there's a, some very serious breaking news about over 70 overdoses on the New Haven Green yesterday and even more today from a batch of K2 synthetic marijuana that's been laced with something toxic. So we won't be talking about that on on today's film program, but but keep keep watch the New Haven Independence website for updates on that that story. And you know, Tom, I I think uh, I think about the only uh, like uh, crisis for humanity that is not invoked in Mission Impossible is the opioid epidemic, but everything else is in Mission Impossible. I think the the, the perfect transition to the movie that we're we're going to be talking today, a movie that knows that um, when when the stakes are high audiences tend to respond well and mission impossible pushes that i guess truism to an extreme and that every single scene in now the this is the sixth entry in the mission impossible film franchise which started back in 1996 uh starring uh tom cruise as ethan hunt uh i'm not even going to try to explain or understand exactly where he fits within the web of top secret international agencies. He's, he's not working for the CIA, but he's working for... Well, he's working for this mysterious organization that I thought was the International Monetary Fund, which they refer to as IMF, <laughs> oh, right. IMF is but right. it's uh, International Mission Funding. Right. And, and I, th- I, I think its provenance goes, goes back to television. I think sure. it was a TV uh, series. First. Yes. Yeah. But Tom Cruise has certainly been the face of this m- franchise since it hit the cinema in the mid-90s, and at, I think he's 56 years old, Tom Cruise is still at at the center of this. Now, the latest entry directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who also did uh, Mission Impossible 5. Uh, again, I'm not going to try to tell too much about the plot, because I don't think that I could pull all of the different uh, strands in to this 10-minute uh, segment, but it involves some international cabal of anarchist terrorists who are looking to... Uh, They've gotten their hands on some nuclear weapons, and they're looking to wreak havoc uh, in you know various glamorous parts of the world, mostly in in Paris and in London. But uh, there's also a climactic fight in in Kashmir. But really, what this movie is, it's an opportunity to um, to put on screen some tremendous, tremendously choreographed um, fight sequences, uh, chase sequences right. in both cars and uh, and motorcycles, and also to feature the the action cinema miracle that is tom cruise a man who seems to be in in this character of ethan hunt embodies something that it's it's almost difficult to put into words it's so stupendous watching on screen he is just energy incarnate the way the way that he is able to move his body the constant motion that ethan hunt is in and tom cruise is kind of famous for the way that he sprints on screen not just in these mission impossible movies uh but in in every action movie that he's been in where for minutes on end he will just you know it's almost as if he's hurling himself into the the abyss it's like he's running in you know the, the marathon, but he's trying to break every single record imaginable. And there there's plenty of that in Mission Impossible. So why, so Alan, as I'm trying to figure out exactly why yeah. Tom Cruise is so <laughs> wonderful to watch on screen in this movie, what about Mission Impossible was a surprise and delight for you? Well, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about this stupendous uh, phenomenon of Tom, Tom Cruise and 
his being in action and all that. And I was, it's funny. I don't, I don't, I don't experience it that way, but, but what I realize as you were talking is that, is that what characterizes his, his movement, which is very, for example, extremely different from uh, Matt Damon in the Jason Bourne series where Jason Bourne has a lot of, there's a lot of grace about him. Uh, there's a lot of pivoting. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise is, it, it, it's, you know, there are those running sequences and uh, a lot of a kind of stoic suffering and a lot of hanging from uh, all kinds of ropes. You know, you know what I think it is with Tom Cruise and, and um, is that he's he's essentially uh, and maybe this is the key to uh, its success. He's essentially a little person. I mean, he's a little guy um, and uh, he has the kind of energy of like uh, uh uh, and like a don't tread on me, uh, I'm going to uh, really embarrass you, e- even though you don't think it might emerge from me. That like a like a five foot six inch uh, a shortstop has when facing a six foot seven inch pitcher in baseball, uh, and I think that might be part of the appeal of his. Uh, and he and he 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 just um, he just uh, runs faster and does all that stuff because it's. I mean, he's like pure overcompensation in his uh, in his energy. I think, and and I think the way that Christopher McQuarrie um, highlights Tom Cruise's again relatively small stature and just overwhelming energy through his juxtaposition with Henry Cavill's character, who's honestly his name I don't even remember, but this is the the very you know large, muscular, younger uh, CIA agent. Uh, who, who, who is who maybe a double or a triple? Who, who agent. may be right? Who is involved with right. you know uh, some of the more complicated plot machinations? But in terms of how he presents on screen, he presents a, a very different type of strength. I think you know, even though we we say this, you know, Tom Cruise's um, just indomitability may have this "don't tread on me" sensibility to it. But I think that if the movie has, I don't, I don't think this is a political statement necessarily, but I think that in describing the antithesis of Tom Cruise, this big, brutish, hulking. Uh, you know, someone who acts with absolutely zero grace, uh, who kind of thuds people in the heads with his with his briefcase when he needs to get something done. Uh, it highlights something that I think makes this Ethan Hunt character as embodied by Tom Cruise so special, uh, which is, again, this is something that the movie plays up a lot. His his incredible competence, but his lack of his lack of certainty, his kind of his ability to operate on the fly. There are a number of sequences in the movie where he's, um, he's asked how he knows, you know, how this improbable, you know, set of, of plans is going to work out well, how he knows he's going to survive this incredible motorcycle chase through right. Paris. He, he, he and says, he says, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But right. you know, but don't, don't, uh, and I you think- don't sense that he know that he's a hundred percent confident that things are going to turn out. Okay. Even though watching the movie, I mean, we're watching this movie, not because we're interested in learning how things are going to turn out. We know the good, you know, the good guys are going to win. They're going to beat whoever the bad guys are. Has to be, but it's how those things happen that is so exciting, right? And and but don't underestimate the 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 power of the the nonverbal clues that he's he's going to prevail, even though he might have to improvise. And that's because he's always perfectly coiffed, and he's got a wonderful white shirt on most of the time, no matter what horrible things he goes through and i think that you know he he he's sort of a um uh in the lineage of um of uh, the james bond character who's uh who is uh they're always very civilized uh and under control 
even in the most impossible. And 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 in fact, that kind of uh, that kind of equanimity that he that he projects, I think, is one of the um, is one of the things that you kind of enjoy about this film. And and that and that I don't know if you if when you leave the theater, you sort of can. Uh, if there, if there's anything besides what you know, Manola Dargis in the Times calls uh, um, borderline breezy entertainment with bullets, uh, if you can emerge with anything uh, apart from enjoying yourself, I think it's I think it's that you feel uh, you should stay calm in your life like Tom Cruise because uh, if he can do it, you can do it. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, you know, that's interesting that 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 is one of the takeaways that you derive from his performance because I think that. Even though he is as, you know, well quaffed and put together as any of the other kind of international men of mystery that have donned uh, American and British movie screens for for a century, um, there's nothing particularly suave about Cruz when he's acting. I mean, you never see James Bond exert himself to the extent that you see Tom Cruise does or take the pummeling that he does, you know, especially in the climactic sequence in Kashmir that I think is pretty, again, from an action movie perspective, pretty wonderful kind of cross-cutting between two yes. incredibly high-stakes situations where all of these, you know, vulnerable mountain people, oh, and not yeah. to speak of, you know, half of India and China are going to lose their, uh, their you know, source of fresh water because of these nuclear bombs. But even just describing any of that is almost too too silly to, to talk about. But the way that Macquarie juxtaposes, or again, cross-cuts between a one-on-one fight sequence between Cruz and his adversary atop a cliff... <laughs> covered in snow and and this other sequence where his you know colleagues are trying to suss out where the nuclear bombs are being stored i think it's kind of a masterclass in how to keep the audience tense and engaged in two parallel action sequences um pretty well but i think but to get back to the original point i do think that there's a level of athletic exertion that Tom Cruise has to engage in in these movies, and he famously does like so many of the stunts that are performed in this movie, and you know so much. Unlike the you know Marvel um, superhero movies, there there certainly is some CGI animation in this. That you know not everything is being performed live, but there's a lot more in the Mission Impossible movies that are actual practical stunts than are in most action movies of today. Well, I'd like a list of what's really Tom Cruise and what's CGI in this one. I I mean, apart from running with the, his uh, his arms pumping up and down in his uh, signature way, um, uh, you know, and maybe some um, uh, some kind of uh fight sequences i'm not i i, I mean he's not uh uh well maybe he's dangling from a rope i guess yeah i guess that's possible oh yeah i don't know I, I i mean it does i mean the whole the whole thing does um uh depend to some extent on the mythology of what's tom doing and what isn't tom doing but you know for me what's interesting about this movie is that um uh, a couple of things one you know especially in the sixth edition of a franchise it the movie begins to ha- it has to wink at itself and re- and be self-referential this doesn't do it very much it's just a, it it doesn't make fun of itself uh, except uh you know when his assistant simon Pegg says get going do this do this way well, you have to catch up with the guy and he's 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 got the you know he's all wired so he has directions and and simon Pegg says to tom what's keeping you and he says well i'm only jumping out of a window you know stuff little kind of ironic things like that are nice but but um, I, I think I should ask you what what to you keeps this movie from in many ways being uh, a self character or even a cartoon. I yeah. think and it it doesn't become a cartoon. I, you, you actually are with these people as people, 
uh, it's it's interestingly crafted, so you know just enough about them, so you know a little bit of the backstory. Nothing's belabored, but I guess that's part of it. But but it really, um, you know, you don't care, but you're not feeling that you're being bamboozled and watching this. So again, comparing it, because I, I think it's fine to compare this to other, you know, blockbuster action movies. We're not going to be talking about this as if it were, you know, the... Um, some some of the smaller art house films, you know, this is just a different category of movie. And I think that where a lot of the again, like Marvel superhero movies, uh, go a- astray for me is that you know we're giving these very fun, interesting characters that we get to know and have unique personalities, and then all of a sudden they're involved in uh, a uh, a fight sequence that encompasses the entire globe. Uh, against a nemesis who's trying to blow up the planet and invariably in that fight like whole you know civilizations are leveled and countless you know faceless people are 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 killed but we get to see some like superheroes punching each other in the face even though the stakes are as high in the mission but you know the purportedly these nuclear bombs are threatening the well-being of you know millions of people i think that the way that this franchise one focuses on the unique uh kind of physical and like acting abilities of, of Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt and also um, explicitly states that he is, you know, he is unique. This character is unique because he cares both for the well-being of an individual and for the well-being of the whole. Even though that, that message may be a bit simple and trite and certainly rammed home a bunch over the course of the movie, I think it plays out in how the action sequences um, are displayed in that we see Cruise's character try to find that balance between um, protecting, you know, achieving the mi- you know, uh, achieving the mission, following through, getting whatever nuclear device he needs to, but also making sure that the individuals that he cares about, the people he works with, the Simon Peggs, the Ving Rames, uh, the um, the various female colleagues that he has, whose, whose names unfortunately I'm forgetting right now, right. that that he kind of goes out of his way um, to demonstrate the extent of his relationship with with those people and the his willingness to protect them right. at the and cost of the mission. Yeah, and that's uh, I, I think that's a fairly conventional uh, uh, theme or trope in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. That, uh, But the, it, it's worth pointing out that uh, all the people that he, all the individuals that he wants to save, uh, especially if they're female, are all like drop-dead beautiful. I mean, he doesn't interact with anybody who isn't gorgeous. And, uh, you know, even when he has to, you know, everybody's telling him to shoot a French policewoman, um, who has uncovered their, you know, their their deeds? Uh, you know, he, he he refuses to shoot her, or he comes to her aid, and she's she's like a movie star. Everybody's a movie star in, in, with Tom Cruise, and um, uh, I guess that's part of the fantasy of it all. Uh, before we part, let me ask you: since this is a, and I mean, really, the way the reason why this movie works for me is because of the action sequences um, the that are so again so carefully and extensively choreographed where, you know, it's part of the joy of Mission Impossible is that there are always some scenes where the rug is pulled out from underneath the audience. You know, one thing you thought you were watching is suddenly something completely different or someone's wearing a mask right. they peel off of their head. Right. You know, that that type of surprise is always, you know, a fun thing that you get out of Mission Impossible. But the, I mean, the the action sequences that communicate something about character, I think is something that, look, that I look forward to in Mission Impossible movies. Is there an action sequence in this, you know, two and a half hour bloated blockbuster. One that, <laughs> one that sticks out to you as um, the one that you most enjoyed watching that you were, I was actually at the edge of my seat for, for much of this movie. Ooh, well, <laughs> uh, I wasn't quite that far. Uh, uh, 
but um, no, that now that you mentioned it, I I was extremely impressed with the um, with the uh, with the with the sequences, and it's not that they were action sequences. It it was uh, the sequences in the kind of in the credits, the pre-credit uh, sequences where uh, one of the bad guys is being interrogated, and uh, he uh, you know he 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 demands that a manifesto be uh, um, read on the air by Wolf Blitzer, and he's in a hospital room, and there's a TV, and Wolf Blitzer is on the television, and you know through and Tom you know Tom needs to get the information. So he allegedly he, he capitulates and he and he makes a phone call or they fax the the and the next next thing you know is Wolf Blitzer is saying breaking news here's the manifesto and then the guy thinks he has prevailed uh, and then all of a sudden uh, the room in which this is taking place all the walls collapse and you realize it's kind of in the spirit of the Truman Show they've 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 built an artificial environment and I thought that was a real coup de theatre. Theatre. Definitely, and, and, um, and yeah, and and uh, uh, and and as far as action goes, I think the car chases through Paris, uh, through the Petit Palais. Uh, no, that was on foot. Uh, uh, I forget where they're in London in Paris. The whole thing is designed for international dis- uh, distribution, but the, uh, the, these are not pioneering. They're 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 wonderful quotations from the French Connection, mm-hmm. among others. But they're, they're wonderful to watch. Why do we enjoy this kind of thing? You sort of feel with you. I, I've got guilty pleasure. <laughs> well, I yeah. I mean, there's we got guilty pleasure, and you know, hundreds of millions more throughout the world will get guilty pleasure um, watching this movie. But at least you know it's you know it's people. At least I like to think that we care about how you know movies are made. There's certainly plenty of you know successful blockbusters that you know like the Transformer movies that are almost impossible to watch because of the you know, the self-seriousness of them or they're so heavy on the CGI that you just kind of feel like you're watching something uh, right. animated on your computer screen. At least there is, you know, the the human presence of Tom Cruise is felt enough in each of the action sequences. And I think that through extended takes, I mean, however, they may be supplemented through CGI um, because there are no visible or there are very few visible cuts in action. You know, we're watching Cruise on a motorcycle weaving his way through traffic. I'm not you know, I don't believe that he's actually on a motorcycle weaving his way through traffic, but I think that the way that the camera is positioned and kind of unblinking in its focus on him, um, that adds to that, you know, that will that willful suspension of disbelief that I can make in thinking I'm actually watching, uh, you know, Ethan Hunt perform this incredible stunt of, of action, bravery, and endurance. I mean, this guy, endurance is really the word that best embodies that character for me, no matter how many improbably like impossibly difficult situations he's put in he survives because he just he just perseveres because he has to because there has to be another one and he doesn't sweat and the bleeding is all very attractive and the and the dozens and dozens of people are machine gunned in his wake while we never see them because that would detract from the point of it you know we shouldn't we shouldn't uh end our discussion without saying that this thing is salt and peppered with a, with a number of things that have a kind of real contemporary resonance, there there's reference to a dossier more than once. Uh, one of the people in the incredibly complicated backstory, um, oh, one of the, his uh, his girlfriend has to make right with MI6. Uh, this is these are all echoes of Christopher Steele and the and the Trump dossier. So I don't know if they just popped that in later or it was part of the part of the intention, but but you do feel that the world is uh, uh, such that nothing is to be trusted except for 
Tom Cruise will take care of everything for all of us. Yeah, the movie's very explicit about that at the end, yeah. which is where it really lost me. <laughs> that, that oh, final, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> to, to have that be one of your parting messages, that the world can rest easy with this one Superman left uh, left standing on behalf of the side of good. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty foreboding message. But, um, well, but we, it's, we always have the New Haven Independent <laughs> <always> also. <laughs> Well, Alan, thank you for seeing Mission Impossible Fallout, the sixth entry in, in this series. I'm sure that we'll be back for episodes 7, 8, 9, 10 uh, in the coming years to talk more about how Tom Cruise as a you know 65-year-old will be sprinting along the mountaintops. Can't wait. All right. Uh, you can go to deepfocusradio.com to find uh, nearly three or over three years of conversations about movies at New Haven, uh, and we will catch up with you uh, for another episode next week.